I'm Alex Bloomberg, host of the podcast Startup, and you're listening to We Are LA Tech. Just put your head down and just get the coffee going and get totally. the gangster rap going and just handle it. Welcome back to the We Are LA Tech podcast. I have one of my favorite people in LA, Matt Cooper, here with me from Adroid, an incredible, incredible, incredible tech company. And this is your next LA startup spotlight. Go ahead, introduce yourself, your company, your role. and Sure. Yeah. I'm Matt Cooper. I'm the founder and CEO of Adroid. Uh, Adroid is a software company that builds B2B. Um, SaaS solutions for media agencies. And where are you guys based? We're based in Westwood Village in California. What's your your role within the company? So, you know, I basically sweep the floors all day. <laughs> I just like whatever isn't getting done and falls on the floor, that's that's what I do. Um, generally, though, I'm, I'm really the product guy. Uh, I, manage, I manage the product. I design the product. I kind of make sure that that stays on track. And... Wh- What's a kind of a user experience? Like what kind of person um, would find Adroid and say, oh, thank gosh, I found out that they, that they exist? Creative agencies and media agencies who build and deploy uh, banner campaigns on the internet. So um, Adroid's primary tool that's out in the marketplace is a, um, is a video ad builder. And so um, our market is primarily uh, for entertainment advertisers. So we work with all the studios and Sony, Lionsgate, Fox, all that. So, uh, yeah, so the creative agencies, they, they like to use our products a lot faster than the, the old way. And then on the media agency side, we've streamlined their kind of workflow process to where it's a lot easier to traffic uh, the, the units. Are you the sole founder or co-founder? Uh, so I'm, I am the founder, and then I hired a co-founder. Oh, tell me about that. What's that even mean? So well, that, what that means is you basically start the company with your own money, um, <laughs> is what that means. <laughs> I know is about that. that. <laughs> is that you start it with your own money, and then you go and you hire somebody, and then ultimately they are amazing, and they're adding so much value to the company that you give them equity and a title as a co-founder. And to sort of incentivize them and keep them on board and to really recognize, like, you know, their importance in the in the development of the product. Do you know, I didn't know that that was how you would phrase it. I essentially did that with my co-founder of my sports company. Mm-hmm. He was my developer. And after a year, it was just a natural progression. I was like, no, he's... This is his, too. Right. Yeah. No, this is that. That's really cool. Um, and are you from L.A.? I am from LA. I actually grew up in Santa Monica in the in the late seventies, early eighties. Uh, oh my gosh, a, you've watched this place change. I was a kid. And, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was like Santa Monica has always been really nice. Now it's like really cool, um, but it was really a small, sleepy beach town in the seventies and eighties. Um, now it's something other. And not only Adroid, because I mean, you're being that you're you're born and raised LA, and you're building your company in LA. Um, you also created the Silicon Beach Facebook that is one of the most amazing resources to get connected into the LA Tech community. It's a secret Facebook group, so you have to know someone to get in. However, it's great if you just want to find out like what's going on in the city or ask people for genuine advice and not worry about being judged. It's it's incredible. So if you do check out the Silicon Beach Facebook group, again, remember that it is secret, so you have to know someone in order to get in. Matt, how many people are on your team with Adroid? So it's small. It's only a half dozen, but you know, it is software and software as a service, and it is profitable. 
and and we, you know we make money. So, but it's not it's not so like when you, you maybe know, that's when you transition it, into tech right, is but, when you're profitable. Well, and because because it's not a funded, it's a bootstrapped company. You know, um, making money was really important. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, Amen. So it's not. Um, a bunch of people, and then we're going to worry about monetization later, and we're trying to get scale now or do anything. Um, right out of the gate, I mean, we were making money right after we launched, just one or, or two months after we launched. And how did you do that? Well, so I started I started the company because I also own a creative agency, like a traditional um, creative agency. It's a boutique that builds um, banners, websites, and social media for the entertainment industry. And so it was from that experience that I actually had the the idea for for the first Android product, which was an ad builder. From I your was, own personal pain point. It was one of these things. I was trying to work with other rich media companies, mm-hmm. like, hey, guys, you know, I think it could work like this, and let's do and they, like. They just had big company-itis and couldn't figure it out. And I, I just kind of had that moment where I was like, move. And then, like, let me just do this myself then. So I was really kind of scratching my own itch. Um, so that's how I got started. And then because I already had, uh, from the from the agency, I was able to build relationships quickly to use this this other product. And why, why build your company here in L.A.? I know that you're from here, so maybe that's why. But instead of one of the other tech cities? Um, well, my core clients are in entertainment. So end of story. Uh, it's all L.A. or nothing, really. No, that makes a lot of sense. How has L.A. helped accelerate your growth? It really just comes down to, again, like all of my clients in our LA period. Like, I mean, Android is is software, but it's not technology. It's in the sense, I mean, we have a very dedicated kind of market and, and there's just a lot of media in LA. This is why there's a lot of ad tech companies in LA. You know, it's funny when I did the Pasadena episode, they were talking about how Pasadena has so many profitable companies, but you never heard of them because they're not concerned with marketing to people outside of their market. And they're not trying to be tech sexy. Mm-hmm. They're just trying to be successful, profitable. Right. Like <laughs> Those actually exist as yeah. well. And you wouldn't kind of think that they do exist. If you get kind of lost in the culture of tech crunch and the whole startup scene in general, you tend to cut myopically focused on the people who are marketing hard. But there are so many businesses out there that are just crushing it, millions and millions of dollars and huge staff and you've just never heard of them and they're they're doing great yeah. and so there's a lot of other paths out there um besides you know the ones that are kind of marketed into the into the scene and what resources in la do you recommend for tech you know i i guess that depends on what you're trying to do i mean if you're trying to look for investment i think the lava you know group is probably the best most kind of legitimate you know, place to kind of meet investors. Lava. Yeah, lava. Um, I think that's, they have a women in lava. Lava too. Do they? Yeah. yeah. I mean, they do a lot of stuff, and I, I there. It's. I, I feel like that's kind of the strongest place to to meet an investor, and so if you can get into one of those events, I think that if you're looking for investment, that's a good thing. But you know, honestly, like I met my co-founder um, at a Coloft event that really I had no business being at. It was not a thing where I would like go and meet your CTO event. Um, but it was just some random thing. And I met somebody who had built a product and I was like, Oh, that's sort of like pretty good looking. And like, are you having any success? And he's like, "Eh, you know, kind of, but I'm like, do you want to help me on this thing? And then I was like, great. And then he helped me and he was just not super great. And I was like, this doesn't look anything like this product. He's like, Oh, well, you know, maybe I can have my co-founder help you. And I was like, Oh, well, who's that? Yeah. And he's like, Oh, he's in Michigan. I'm like, maybe I could talk to him. 
And then I, that is like how I met my co-founder. That's and he so actually cool. moved from Michigan to L.A. And now we're. That's so it's cool. It's like we're married. Shout out to Brian. <laughs> yeah. Brian's awesome. Yeah. Brian was just at a We Are LA Tech activity with the Experience Club. It was actually at his house. So by default, he yeah. was there. And it, it was great. We did an outdoor movie screening. It was like so fantastic. Um, oh, Coloft. So Matt was mentioning Coloft. For those of you who don't know, I'm a huge fan of Coloft. It was one of the original co-working spaces in Los Angeles, the first co-working space in Santa Monica. And Cameron Kashani single-handedly, I feel developed the LA tech scene or at least accelerated its growth um, she was absolutely I mean she still is but when she was uh, building Coloft I mean she would tweet and email and just personally reach out to so many people all with the intent of creating the heart of, of the tech scene in LA and giving people a way to freely get to know one another again without judgment and I miss Coloft <laughs> yeah I mean you're a very complimentary person but you're not a overstating the importance of Koloff and what, you know, Cam did. Yeah. I mean, it was very important. Yeah. Shout out to Cam. Yeah. And if you guys don't know Cam Kashani, definitely we'll include her in the show notes. We'll put out her Twitter, send her a shout out. So much love to Cam. She's a We Are LA Tech Club member and she's just amazing. I think I feel like she's supportive of every single one of us still, even if she doesn't know you, somehow she's supporting you. Um, is there one event in LA that is a must attend? For tech, of course. I, you know, I'm not really a big event person, to be honest with you. I don't think any event is necessarily a must attend. I think what's important is you actually understand your space. You're actually understanding that you're solving a problem and that the problem is big enough to build a business on and that you understand how to build the product and get it to market. And going to an event is no more important than going to a movie unless you're I mean if you're looking to network that's important that's a part of what you're doing but if you have your team in place just put your head down and just get the coffee going and totally. get the gangster rap going and just handle it like get in totally. there and just build build products so I mean events to me there is no important event they're all good they're all I, the one that I went to that I met my CEO was like so trivial in the sense of all of the, I mean, you know, Kevin, of course, throws probably the best. Kevin Winston with Digital LA. Right, who is amazing. And I mean, I think, you know, the big Silicon Beach one that happens annually. Yeah, is Silicon probably, Beach Fest. Right. That I mean, that is the largest. It goes over days. It's in multiple locations. I mean, it's just epic. Um, but, you know, like I said, I met somebody who profoundly changed the shape of my business and my life at this smallest, tiniest little nothing thing. Um, so... Networking is important. That's networking. Events are entertaining and they're fun and you can kind of learn some stuff and meet some people, but they're not going to change your life because of, well, I'll go to this one and then that's the, that's the one. Yeah. I think that's the thing. It's, it's about like, which events can I go to? It's not so much. It's just about when do you particularly think it's the right time for you to show up in general and what are you looking to attract in just in general in your life? And then just be open to that in every kind of life setting that you're in, whether it's at a restaurant or at an event Mm -hmm. or something, but the, it's like going to a specific one. Uh, you just, I feel like events are very opportunistic, but not um, there's nothing guaranteed. So it's important, you know, like four steps to the epiphany, kind of the classic startup 
book, you know, talks about, you know, getting out of the building and that when you're starting something, it's really overwhelming and you don't know like anybody and you're not, you've got a good idea and you've got some experience, but like getting out of the building and talking to your potential customers, talking to other people who are in the market, talk to other people who want to build something cool. Like that all has to be done. That's what you're focusing on. If it happens to be at an event, then it's an event. But if it just happens to be at Starbucks, it's at Starbucks. If it happens to be at your potential customer's place of business, Go there and talk to them and then get them totally get, get information. Just one more little thing to like throw out there. One of a great contact for me, both as a girlfriend and as a professional in the tech space. I'm not going to name what company she works with. The way I met her, I was in my life and I wanted to allow myself to disconnect, to be more offline, like when I'm backpacking, traveling. So I was at the beach um, on the grass and I was meditating and um, there were these girls sitting next to me and I was really nervous to say hi to them, but they looked healthy. They all had the yoga bags and stuff. And I'm like, I'd really love to have great friends. I I mean, I have great friends, like more, like attract more people like Mm -hmm. this in my life. And uh, I'd love to say hello. And I was so scared, but I was like, you know, if you were backpacking, the cultures, you just say hi to everybody. It's not a big deal. Why does it have to be? anything different now and so I just like pushed past my fear and I was like hope I'm not weird girls it's just you guys seem really cool and I'd like to say hi or something like that and I ended up becoming really good friends with one of them Mm. and if I didn't just put myself out there because what I wanted my life during that time you know was like I would have never met her and not only I mean, just today, like, um, there's another contact of mine that's looking for a job, and she works at the company that uh, he wants a job in, so I was able to, like, reach out to her. You know, like, so many ways has she not only benefited me in a professional setting, but in both in a personal setting, and it was all from just sitting on the grass at the beach. Yeah, Yeah. you do have to reach out to people. You do have to, you know, I have 3,300 people on LinkedIn. Anybody who ever emails me gets a LinkedIn invitation. Um, you got to talk to people. You got to build. Yeah. You you have to build that. Um, it's just it's critical. People, you just don't know who's going to know who. A hundred percent. You know. What LA tech companies or talent have you come across lately that have really impressed you? You know that's a good question. And and you know if I'm being honest, I don't pay much attention to anybody else anymore. I <laughs> I honestly don't. I think I was really obsessed with the scene and can tell you every little nugget of information back in 2012. But I'm just so myopically focused on my own product and my own business goals and needs. I, I really, I really don't. I'm watching the market overall, but I'm not watching other companies and, and, and what they're doing. You know, there's just too much to, to do. That is fair. Yeah. There's thousands of people that listen to the show. If you had one ask of the community, what would that ask be? To support Adroid? Or you. My needs are really more altruistic. I, I'm going to be fine. You know, so I'm, I'm Gen X, right? I'm, I'm uh, about to be 49 years old, right? Um, and in, back in the 80s, it was everybody had a lot of fun uh, writing articles about how Gen X, were, we were all a bunch of slackers. Um, we're never going to amount to anything. And ha ha, you're going to be the first generation who doesn't do better than their parents. Wah, wah. You know, so good luck, guys. Welcome to the world. And it's, it was just so smug. And, and so when you look at the 90s and kind of how depressing the 90s was with all of the grunge and the Nine Inch Nails and just every, everything, like that was a kind of reaction to this like, oh, welcome to the world. You're screwed. Um, but Gen X was ultimately a really small generation. Um, the millennials, you – 
and and all of your friends and people who are younger than you know that and then the next generation um, coming into all the same problems. And so the whole narrative of like, oh, you're screwed, um, it's gotten a little old, but there is a lot of like, oh, millennials, and y'all, you're all just obsessed with your phones, and they're all just silly, and they don't want to work, and they don't want to this, and they don't want to that. And man, I really resent that. I really, really resent that. So I believe that my generation is really too small to make any significant changes. Um, and But millennials are much more forward-thinking. Um, I believe they work just as hard. They're just as smart, and just just like my generation was. And I just want to see. The, I mean, part of starting the you know the group is that so people, young people, can get in, ask questions, and just get started. Starting the Facebook group. Yeah, yeah. The, he's kind of talking about the Silicon Beach Facebook group. Yeah. So so the whole because the whole idea of joining a company and getting a gold watch after thirty years is over. Everyone's hustling. Everyone is an entrepreneur. Every company is a tech company. And like, so get on board, man. Everybody writes their own ticket. You know, mm-hmm. I'm uh, a high school dropout, man. Like I didn't, <laughs> I got, I got nothing. I have no, I have no connections. I don't have any, any formal education, but I own two profitable businesses now. I'm far more successful than my parents who both had master's degrees. Um, and that's just cause I made it happen. And I feel like, you know, the opportunities for millennials with technology is just so huge that I, I don't want to see them get bogged down in that message that, oh, you're all just a bunch of flakes on your phones. Or that you need to get approval from an investor before you can build your thing. Because if you don't get approval from yeah. an investor, well, then forget it. Totally. Because guess what? I own two businesses and I have like a house and great credit. And I'm like, I go on my vacations and everything. And I didn't get any funding from anyone. And I didn't get anything from a VC yeah. ever in my entire life. So like, you don't need permission to build a business that will literally change your life and change the lives of people who are working with you as they build their families on top of the salary that you provide and the benefits and the great company culture where they stay forever. So that that's what I want. If you're asking me what I really want, I want young people to realize that and get, be, feel like they actually have the power and don't listen to all of this millennial crap that's out there about just how it's not going to work out because you literally can do it. You can absolutely do it. And I'm with you about not worrying about the whole investor situation because I sometimes I think part of people who get into the startup or tech world think that that's what a startup or tech company is. It's like, you have an idea, now let's go find an investor. Like, no, 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 no. You you have an idea, now let's go execute on that idea and let's go see if that idea has value that people want to pay for or what your business model is. And if you choose to go down the route of raising money, that's one way. But that's not the only way. And my my personal dream for myself is actually to only build businesses that, you know, people find value in what I'm creating. And I've raised money before and my investors were amazing. They're I feel really lucky. And and I just think that there's there's something like Sophia Amoroso with Nasty Gal, Jason Fried with Basecamp. I just like look up to them and I'm just like, you know, like the way you the, how you got to where you are is just because you like believed in yourself and you just built something that people could not live without. And I want to build things that people like have to, they're like, that adds value to my life. Let me pay you. Just keep in mind the friction that the universe 
adds to all of that. And like David Bowie released 13 singles before Major Tom came out, which was a hit. Um, I mean, somebody that talented, that's a legend, had 13 massive failures. You would think after three that his whole family would be like, well, I guess this whole rock star thing isn't going to work out. And then after a half dozen, it's like, what's wrong with him? And then after 10, it's like, I think he's mentally ill. Like, is he living in a fantasy world? You do have to believe in yourself and you do need to make a great product and solve a problem. And you do need to get a little bit lucky. Like everything has to come around. So you can be right. You can build it and it'll still not pop. And it's not a reflection on you or your abilities. And it all gets loaded into the next thing that you do. 100%. And so that don't, yeah, just don't get ground down by that, that friction. Realize that that's kind of, that's kind of part of it. Totally. And through that whole journey, and I don't say this lightly, if there's anything I would suggest to someone wanting to pursue the tech space or startup space is really define who your support group is because Matt knows really well, like I, you know, I'm entrepreneurial too and I've had really, 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 really low lows and it's people like Matt, literally Matt in my life that like encourage me to keep on believing in myself and if I didn't have wonderful people like that in my life, it's tough. It is like a really hard journey and some days you feel like you can't even make it to the next hour. And then you have someone like Matt that says, I believe in you. I believe that you have the strength to keep on going. You know, and it's just like, it's like, okay. Like I said with the David Bowie thing, I mean, you know, it may not happen on the first business or the second one or the third, but like you, you at least have to believe in yourself and feel good about yourself during that. Definitely, definitely. So I hope that helps you guys. Matt, thank you so much. How can people connect with you? Uh, I mean, you know, you can always get me on Facebook and I'll loop you into that group. So it's just Matt Cooper on Facebook. With two O's, uh, yeah. right? Yeah. C-O-O-P-E-R. Yeah. Yeah. Or you can hit me up on LinkedIn. Sweet. Um, yeah. You guys, this has been awesome. Matt, thank you for sharing your heart, your life, your soul, your intelligence, your community Yay. with me, with We Are Tech, with everyone. I will see you guys, hear you guys in the next episode. If you're looking to dive in and connect with us further we're on twitter at we are la tech uh, what you could connect with me personally twitter.com slash esprit devora and if you want to explore what this experience club is all about more just go to we are la tech.com slash club that's we are la tech.com slash club see you guys in the next episode Huge shout out and thank you to Betalist. Betalist is amazing. I've used Betalist for my past startups. Betalist gains you early traction to your startup while it's still in beta. Go to betalist.com slash we are LA tech. That's betalist.com slash we are LA tech. Thank you for powering the We Are LA Tech podcast. To get text alerts when new episodes come out, text 310-872-2423. That's 310 310- 8722423 We are LA Tech hosted by Spree Devora has been a wearetech.fm production